Let's head to Hawaii now, because I'm sure you must have seen this over the weekend. Mauna Loa, which to you, some of you may just be a crossword puzzle clue, but is really maybe one of the most famous volcanoes in the world, uh, is the largest active volcano, I believe, in the world, erupted for the first time since 1984, speaking of, you know, a time when albums were popular. Um, so for the first time in nearly four decades, up it goes. Uh, there were lava flows shooting up, or lava was shooting 30 to 60 meters high. It doesn't seem to pose much of a threat right now to populated areas. That's the good news. But it started at about 11.30 p.m. local time on Sunday. It's visible from Kona, a place that if you've been to the Big Island or the island of Hawaii, Hawaii you've been there, um, a tourist destination on the West Coast. And again, back in 1984, so it's been, you know, 38 years since the last time it erupted. Um, now, of course, it is spectacular, so lots of people are going to watch it. Um, but it's also dredging up some bad memories for some Hawaii residents who've been through volcanic experiences in the past. Local resident Willette Kalao Kawaku Akima Akao says this volcanic eruption is momentous. This is the time for our kupuna, for our people and for our children to come and witness what is happening as history is being made every day. Now, there are no evacuation orders right now, but they've opened some shelters there just in case. Uh, a main highway linking towns east, uh, linking, linking towns between the east and west coast of, of uh, Big Island between Hilo and, uh, and Kona uh, just had huge amounts of traffic on it because people are stopping to watch and so on. Thousands of cars uh, jamming the highway near Volcanoes National Park. Well, joining me now with more on this is Scott Rowland. He's with the School of Ocean and Earth Science and Technology at the University of Hawaii at Manoa. Thanks so much for your time tonight, Scott. You're very welcome. Aloha. This has been. This is always such a big deal. Uh, but uh, Mauna Loa is sort of one of those volcanoes that uh, that occupies quite the quite the spot in the popular imagination, doesn't it? I, I think so. I, I think partly it's because it has not been as active as Kilauea has for the last during the last 50, 60 years. It's also I think most most people who follow volcanoes at all recognize it as being the largest active volcano on earth. So it's got a bit of a mystique. So tell me about Sunday. Uh, it had been sort of asleep for a while. I was going to say dormant, but that's the wrong term, uh, I guess. But it had been, uh, it, and suddenly activity on on Sunday evening. Was there any warning uh, ahead of time as to what was about to happen? Did, did people know this was going to happen that night? No, certainly nobody knew it was going to happen that night. However, Mauna Loa had been in a state of unrest for at least a couple months with elevated seismicity and uh, measurable deformation of the summit area. So was, the volcano was swelling. And, and so certainly the scientists knew that an, an eruption could happen. I think most people expected a little bit longer time of elevated seismicity before right. this particular eruption took place. Uh, so as with essentially all volcanic eruptions, it's it's easy to say that the volcano is is in a state of unrest, but it's almost impossible to say the date or hour that that an eruption is going to happen. So the warning signs are there, but uh, but there's no de no definitive uh, ability to predict if and when. Um, not much, I mean, I, I think a lot of people where I am uh, in BC right now think back to sort of Mount St. Helens. Uh, Mauna Loa doesn't blow its top, so to speak, right? It, it's it's a relatively um, it's not explosive, I gather, if I can if I'm that's, using the right term. <laughs> that, that's very correct. 
uh, Mauna Loa and at all Hawaiian volcanoes erupt in a very different manner than Mount St. Helens does. And that's because the magma that erupts from Hawaiian volcanoes is hotter and much more fluid and doesn't contain as much gas as that which erupts from Mount St. Helens. So even though there is some gas in the magma, the, the viscosity of the magma is low. So those gas bubbles can escape relatively easily and therefore they cannot build up pressure which would then explode. And it's so it's far, the yeah. go ahead, sorry. sorry. No, well, go ahead. So it's the expansion of the gas bubbles in the magma that drives the lava fountains that you see on the web. Um, there's some spectacular photos of lava fountains and I think you mentioned they were 50 meters high or something like that. Mm -hmm. So there is some, certainly there's some expanding gas that's driving those fountains, but it's it's able to escape relatively easily, unlike at volcanoes such as Mount St. Helens. One always thinks of the eruption of the world's largest active volcano might cause a certain amount of panic and concern, but it seems in this case that given the way it is, uh, it has erupted, where the lava flows are going, there isn't a lot of concern right now. At least it's not threatening communities just yet. Why is that? Well, Mauna Loa is, is pretty big, and and much of it is does not have <clears throat> excuse me does not have communities living on it. Uh, so. If there were going to be an eruption of Mauna, of Mauna Loa, the current one is sending lava flows in about the best place you can imagine. Um, it's it's going down the north north flank into an area of relatively low slopes, so the lava flows are going to slow down considerably. And again, there's there's no inhabited areas nearby. Um, it, if the lava flows had erupted out of the southwest drift zone instead then it would have been a much different story. Um, Downslope from the Southwest Rift Zone are uh, lots and lots of communities, mostly small, um, but the slopes of that part of the volcano are much steeper. So the lava flows that do erupt from the Southwest Rift Zone based on historic accounts go a lot faster. And, and in 1950, for example, lava made it from the Rift Zone to the ocean in only a few hours. And in 1950, there were way fewer people living on that part of Mauna Loa. Today, there are, you know, many thousands more living there. And, and you know, being given only a few hours to evacuate your house, that's not very long. Um, no. So, so that would have been much more serious. Yeah, I mean, I've been there, uh, and you know, we saw Kilauea, we saw Mauna Loa. I mean, it's it, you don't even know you're on Mauna Loa because it's so big, right? Like it's not mm -hmm. not the way you normally picture having seen volcanoes in places like Ecuador and so on. It's a very different experience um, right. when you see Mauna Loa. Um, I, is it was it in 1950 that that sort of part of the town of where Hilo is now was created on what was left of that lava? No, I'm, no, um, it was he, earlier. Hilo right? is, uh, yeah. So Hilo is on a Mauna Loa lava flow, but it's about 1400 years old. Right. Um, I, I wonder if you're thinking of the the lava flow that the Keahole Kona airport sits on. And Right, and perhaps. perhaps. So that's that's actually from a volcano called Hualalai. And it that lava flow erupted in 18, 1801. Okay. Um, I guess people will be keeping an eye, though, on on clearly keeping an eye on the lava flows to see if if they sure. do start to. Uh, what is there any sense of what the risk of that is right now? 
at the moment, and I only know what I've seen on websites. I don't have any, you know, special communication with the volcanologists. Right. But from what I've seen on websites and from their reports online, the flow fronts have slowed considerably, mostly because they've come down off slightly steeper slopes and are now in what's called a saddle. And it's the, low, the sort of relatively flat area between Mauna Loa and Mauna Kea. And in fact, the, the highway that I think you mentioned a moment ago is called the Saddle Road. Mm -hmm. And it's because it goes through that, that saddle-shaped area between those two volcanoes. Um, so it's approaching ground that's almost horizontal. And that's going to cause the flows to slow down considerably. And, and as long as new flows don't break out, which doesn't seem like is happening, uh, that's going to be the situation for at least the next few days. If the eruption continues for a long, long time, eventually the flows will decide to go either down slope to the east or down slope to the west. And eventually it gets a little steeper and they might speed up somewhat. But at least for the next few days, I think the flows are not going to be moving very fast. Uh, I was interested in, in people, a lot of people talking about VOG today, uh, Scott. I guess it's volcanic smog. Is that a concern, I guess, in, in the area, something people are watching out for? Actually, it's not so much a concern, mainly because the erupting vent is at a relatively high elevation. Right. And so the, the most of the plume, which consists of sulfur dioxide and water vapor, uh, which combine to make the little droplets of sulfuric acid, which is what VOG is. Most of the plume is staying high and not mixing down low where where people are. Uh, th that's unlike Kilauea, which, as you said, you you went to visit. At Kilauea, the, the vents are considerably lower, and so the VOG is kind of at the elevation of the people. Yeah, Kilauea is still erupting away, isn't it? That's true. That is true. So there is VOG from Kilauea that's being produced. And certainly there is VOG being produced by Mauna Loa. But again, it's it's staying high. So I guess for the time being, really, the biggest uh, the biggest threat is traffic jams, right? I mean, there's been a lot I, of people I, flocking to go watch it. I think you're right. It's, it's a very well-used highway, and people drive pretty fast along there. And I, I think it would be pretty hazardous to be walking along that highway in the dark um, with with distracted drivers whizzing by. I imagine that every time uh, something like Mauna Loa erupts, it gives an opportunity for scientists to look into, find out new things about it. What, uh, what, maybe we, what might we be looking for this time around? That's a good question. I, I think one of the things that Mauna Loa is is pretty well known for are these long lava channels, and I think, you know, you see these in all in many of the helicopter images, and and these are naturally formed channels. Basically, the the sides of a lava flow cool and stagnate, whereas the middle keeps flowing, and these channels allow lava to flow to the flow front relatively efficiently. It's not as efficient as a lava tube where it's completely covered over, but it's still more efficient than flowing on, on cold ground. Anyway, lava channels are, are found on other volcanoes, and they're also found on other planets. And in fact, much of the, the study of lava channels has been done by people who 
mostly study volcanoes on, on Mars and Venus and the moon. And so whenever Mauna Loa erupts, the, the chance to, to observe these long channels from vent to flow front is somewhat, you know, I mean, it's pretty unprecedented. I mean, Kilauea flows produce channels as well, but they're usually not as long just because Kilauea is not as big a volcano and the lava doesn't have to flow very far before it goes into the ocean. On Mauna Loa, on the other hand, because it's so big, the channels can be tens of kilometers long and how these channels develop, how they evolve with time, et cetera, is something that, that not only terrestrial geologists, but planetary geologists like to study quite a bit. And of course, there's always a lot of interest in the chemistry of the lavas, which can tell us about how, how long it was stored in the volcano, what processes it underwent while it was in the volcano, and and so on, and and these can be used for, um, you know, understanding the plumbing system of the volcano, the supply rate to the volcano, and and things like that. There are also studies of the seismicity associated with the onset of the eruption, as well as the ongoing seismicity, and and these these two are interest are you know important to understand. So there's a huge amount of data are being collected during the eruption and. And people are going to be using these data for, for years to come. Scott Rowland, thank you so much for your time tonight. You're very welcome. Take care.